Don't worry, it's non-alcoholic. Mormon approved. All right. It's not Diet Coke, though, so. <laughs> so it's not good with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> how, you know, did, how did that ever work out? I, I mean, it, they do own a lot of stock in Coke. Is it really that simple? I've heard that that, so they, it's not Coca-Cola, it's Swire Company. Swire, uh-huh. Um, I've heard that that's false. Okay. But also, like, okay, listen, like the the fact here, this is a good intro. Welcome, Berkey, to the Nonprofit <laughs> Podcast. So I was, um, there's like this thing going on around right now, and I think it's highly conservatively influenced just like whenever a bill is trying to be passed mm-hmm. or like a new law or act or whatever. Um, usually somebody like take one bit of it and misconstrue it to its most bad faith argument. Mm-hmm. This one seems pretty weird because they like they're looking at given they want to raise it, it's it's all part of the anti-inflation act and they the bill in there proposes seventy nine billion dollars to the IRS over the next ten years I mm-hmm. think that's how most of these bills work and that whether it's discretionary spending who fucking knows I don't know I don't understand most of it right I don't understand how that also helps inflation but I'm also not an economics major but. There's this thing going around that says they want to hire 87,000 IRS agents mm-hmm. to help inflation. And the the right looks at it like, you know, well, they're basically just trying to make whatever the Democrats are passing is bad. Right. That's what I get it as. But also in the same, like, why are we giving um, this much money to, you know, to this cause mm-hmm. and most people are oh so we get more money out of corporations and you're like right okay how does that help inflation like a lot of this stuff is just kind of bananas like why don't we reduce spending before we increase spending mm-hmm. or what it's like just a basic problem but also the there was a fact checker that came out and the fact checker was like it's been misrepresented you know and it just basically says it's been misrepresented and it says like yeah they're asking for 79 billion dollars but you know, the $79 billion, would, it wouldn't just hire 87,000 new people. It, it's talking about replacing people that already work there. I don't know why you'd need funding for that mm. if you're just replacing a job that already exists. But it just tried to, it tried to like, pass, the fact checker tried to pass it off like it's being misrepresented. But they literally didn't say, it didn't clarify really anything other mm-hmm. than like the trope of just saying 87,000 IRS agents is wrong. That that's not what the money's going to be spent on. So the fact checker... Like, and this is what, come back to the Swire thing, I, I looked it up to be right. like, yeah, how many, like, Mormon shareholders are there? And they go, well, that's that's false. Like, the Mormon church has nothing to do with it. It's just like the whole board of Swire Company happens to be Mormon, but it's not the actual organization. It's so, it's it's more like supporting our hometown boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, were, you had told me about, like, Mormon church and multi-level marketing, basically. Oh, yeah. And... Like keeping it in the community, yeah. yeah. But the the comment on fact checker is interesting, and just like the thought process of, like, <laughs> I I hate being this person right now, but like the like, who's checking facts? And it, like the internet is 
so interesting because it's just like you can find a you can find the answer you're looking for yeah this yeah and it's like this one was like the associated press so you have like this air of authority about it and i like for the most part i totally understand kind of like when things get amplified especially Mm -hmm. in a political spectrum you're like yeah like you're 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 taking a maybe a partial truth and you're amplifying it to make it seem like an extreme falsehood or something. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. And I, the 87,000 IRS agents is like probably overblown or whatever, but it's like them using that to talk about how the bill is bad is actually not a false flag. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a, that's a correct representation of improper spending. Mm-hmm. I would, I would think especially towards something like inflation or climate change or whatever the fuck, that people are trying to do so again the 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 fact checker thing is weird on two counts because a who's checking the fact but a lot of time when they try to correct this stuff they can't correct it because there's like an air of truth to some of it well i think too there's the idea of like okay fact checking but at the same time of like technically correct but not but misrepresented yeah. and then the big thing is a lot of it is just like okay how much nuance is required to understand this uh, and <laughs> not uh, too much for your average citizen. We, I mean, too much for a soundbite. Yeah. And it, and then to the point of like, what is what was the goal uh, of even sharing it in the first place? Uh, it, well, <laughs> this comes back to uh, our our discussion last night that I mm-hmm. think is just fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. That, like this. I, I think this is the topic. You could get rid of any topic and you could just talk about this and mm. you would get to, I think, the heart of most problems, which is the intention of verbiage, messaging, writing, news, anything. It's like, it is it take news for the first one because I think everybody, I think it's kind of well-recognized that the news is bad, mm-hmm. right? Like it's that it's more, it's more geared towards a negative side of society than it is the good part of society right. in, in it's like earnest defense of itself it might say that we're informing citizens of potential hazards or mm-hmm. potential harms but for the most part it's it's driving fear in order to make money off of advertising right like that's its real purpose yeah. right Be, and we saw that model that model changed because the the well, because the model changed, it had it, it like kind of adapted. So you know how now you have clickbaity stuff because the model for telling, informing people about what's going on shifted, and mm. people wouldn't like you couldn't. No one would click on an article. It's like, hey, downtown Salt Lake, there's three new speed bumps to look out for. That's informing people, mm. but nobody wants to. No one wants to read about that. Well, so I had a friend who worked at a newspaper, and one of the things that he had pointed out to me was that the headline the guy who wrote the headline was not the person who wrote the article and oh. the job of the person who wrote the headline was to scour the article for the most inflammatory mm-hmm. quote right and turn it into a headline um i had some friends i my <laughs> social media is hilarious because i have both extremes yeah same. pretty equal yeah and so i get to laugh a lot <laughs> um and it was uh something about Gretchen Whitmer uh, in Detroit being soft on pedophilia. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was that like she changed, and they're like she changed law and made it, uh, you know, easier like for sex offenders to live near I, a school. I think I read this. Yeah, and like 
I saw the headline and the people, and it had been posted by like five people. Yeah. And I was like, and I looked and it was from a reputable news source that I recognized. And I was like, something seems fishy. And so I click it. (laughs) And the story was that the uh, Supreme Court found that the current Michigan law was unconstitutional. Okay. And in order to uh, abide by the Constitution, she changed one part of it, Mm -hmm. which changed how sex offenders had to like register living near enough to a school because it was and because if she didn't change it the entire law would have been vacated <laughs> so she brought the law in line with the constitution yeah and that was the story but the article was that she made it easier for sex offenders yeah. to move into your neighborhood like she's part of pizza gate or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well th- this is like the point is like you, you could i mean we you could come there's a million examples right and the point is like wait what is the function of news and media, mm-hmm. right? And there is no function other to inflame, incite, to capture well, attention, to to do all sorts of these things. The intent is not actually to inform. Mm-hmm. And therefore, by informing with a false pretense, mm-hmm. you get the sense that there's a conspiracy going on. And that's because <laughs> you can sense the dishonesty in the masked intent the Mm. real intent is to sell advertising right that's the intent and they're not upfront about that so under the guise of like let's tell people to worry about this new pedophilia ring or whatever you can sense it or if it matches your prerogative then it will blend with what you know about the world and and you will amplify that voice because it amplifies the truth of your experience or Mm -hmm. something like that but that's because you take bad intentions and make them work for you. Right. But people who those intentions don't work for, they work against and therefore it's it's like, well, this is ridiculous. That's not actually what it says. And you have to you have to fight down this big narrative. But the the total the the thing that you're fighting against is the intent of the work that's being done. Mm-hmm. And in the battle instead is like three you know three dimensions down uh three orders of effect down mm-hmm. where you're like no 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 that's not what's going on we change this law because actually it's unconstitutional blah 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 but if you go back the, i think what you need to fight is the fact that they have a bad faith intent right that that's what needs to be uh well, talked about even it's just like um this is not like you were saying like the news is not the goal mm. and it's it's the step towards it yeah. And so, therefore, like the 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 news that you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That yes. kind of idea yeah. of just like like we need engagement. And so, it's like, how can we get engagement? And even like good faith actors or mm-hmm. people who are Walter trying, Cronkite. <laughs> like the thing is, like, well, if no one watches it, then it doesn't matter how honest I am. And so, like, <laughs> even by getting involved in it, you're already. Like it's a deal with the devil where it's like, okay, yeah. well, I need people to click it and share it because everyone, you know, the talk of like, oh, if, I, if there only there was a, a middle of the road, you know, no bullshit, honest news. But no one would watch that. Well, no one will fund it. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah, exactly. is actually a really interesting thing because this goes back to housing. Um, okay. And in the sense of, I mean, around here, we can see all the stuff that's getting built up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that it's all like luxury condos like single you know one to two bedroom not built for a family no um and the thing is and this was something in detroit like lower income with duplexes yeah so you can make a lot of money on the lower income just build it like shit cram people in that's because there always will be there will always be lower income 
Um, and then the high end stuff. The thing is, is that uh, the they call it the missing middle, and so mm-hmm. it's um, mid rises. Yeah, um, it's two and three bedroom condos, yeah, townhouses that have like yeah, two three yeah. family townhouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not super nice. No, or duplexes mm-hmm. and, and triplexes. Yeah. The thing is, in in my neighborhood in Ferndale, um, a duplex is a hundred thousand dollars less mm-hmm. than the exact same square footage single family home yeah that makes sense and so if i'm a new builder mm-hmm. i could build i could spend out the money to build out a second kitchen yeah and make a hundred thousand dollars less on yes the build. okay yeah yeah um and so like you don't have to be evil to be like well i'm gonna build the big house like that's just that's just smart business. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it, and then, well, what's your, so you take again back to the like the theme of intention, right? If my intention is to provide, if my intention is to provide housing, right, where people can have a life experience and it's comfortable and it's mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff, which is like that would be great, but there's no builder that builds because they, they want, want to facilitate to this how, process. Well, they want money. And on top of that, I read a story about a guy in. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was Midwest somewhere. Mm-hmm. Looking at build, I think it actually was in New York, but looking at building mid-rise housing because he's like, this is what the neighborhood needs. Goes to the bank. I want to purchase this plot of land. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build this mid-rise building. Um, this is how many units it's going to have. This is what it's going to sell for. This is going to be the profit margin. Really nice business plan. Mm-hmm. The bank's response was, why aren't you building single family yes. townhouses? You can make three times the profit. Yes. And yep, his, exactly. his response is, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. The bank goes, that's really cool. We don't do charity loans. Yeah. Go find someone else. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm going to be able, like, there's, there's profit. Mo- there's, there's money. There's yes. money here. And they're like, yeah. But frankly, from the bank standpoint, there if you're more. willing, yeah, if you're willing to make this much less money, this is riskier for us because you're going at this as a charity project, not a money project. Yeah. And so if it fails you're a bad investment because you're not greedy enough. We want you to be super greedy so we know that we're going to be safe. You're yeah. not going to let it fail. Right. So we're going to get our money. So in this, this is like the intention between like what a business is trying to do is always unclear because people in, in our culture, uh, who I can't remember who first talked about this, but they're like, it is totally not cool to be like, I'm coming after money. Right. Right. Like that is not a... That that isn't an acceptable social behavior. Right. You're, you're sought as like an opportunist mm-hmm. or a sleaze bag or a, a you know a loan shark or something like right. that. So if your entire drive is money, um, and profit and getting as much profit as possible, right? And if you're honest about that intent, you're actually um, you're thought of as a bad person, which is weird because the subcontext to success in our culture is money. Right. We like take the political side out of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Like don't care where he sits on that spectrum. Right. He is a pile of garbage human being. Right. Right. But he's still thought of as like, Oh man, he's successful though. Mm-hmm. And some people will argue, well, he's not a real billionaire. He's not, it doesn't matter. He's like, he's faked his way. Into right. Right. Mo- he has access to money, whether right. it's real or not is, you know, irrelevant. And so, 
a garbage human being is then lifted up. Somebody who their entire intent is just money is mm. actually the opposite of our social norms gets put into these positions of power even. Mm. And you go like, how does shit like that happen? And and I think it's because we have no, we have no real definition or re- sorry, no real education towards intent. Mm. Our language masks intent. Um, this, oh man, this story is so fucking good about uh, being dishonest. Okay. So um, <laughs> there's this idea that we're like, why are people dishonest? Like we teach, we tell people that it's bad to lie, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's this uh, story of this uh, mom who is at a park and her little girl throws sand in this boy's eyes, right? And they cry and run away mm-hmm. and they're like, got this big fight. And she's like, hey, that wasn't cool. You can't do that, mm-hmm. right? Go tell him you're sorry. And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, well, p- just say it. Right. And so she goes, I'm sorry. No, say it like you mean it. Mm-hmm. We're not instilling, like, uh, we're not instilling the the noble emotions of, um, like, no uh, uh, reciprocity and feeling like you've done something bad and remorse and all of these mm-hmm. things. We're just teaching people how to lie at a very young age. Right. We're teaching to not be honest about our intentions from mm. the very get-go, from school, from anything. You like watch anybody who gets involved in like an NGO or like a fucking philanthropy thing. Mm. And I guarantee it's a power trip. Nine times well, out of 10. There's there's good people out there for sure. So like I was talking to my sister about this uh, who worked with NGOs and like the funny part was like with nonprofits and that stuff. It's just like the people giving money like they're not they're not paying for a service they're paying for an emotional feeling of i did good yes um and so it makes it hard to like what we were specifically talking about is infrastructure in africa yeah and like you you don't get that same you know warm feeling like you can build a hospital and feel good about yourself mm-hmm. paving a you know making a road mm-hmm. doesn't feel as sexy and so like <laughs> trying to raise money for very like, but not, it's like, why doesn't their government do that? It's like, there's not a functioning government. Yeah. That's why like, and part of it is like, there's no infrastructure. So like, this is, this is where we can do the most good. But the realization that like doing good isn't enough. Feeling like you're doing good is, is part of it. For sure. Yeah. That, well, and that's the feedback loop from, from our, from our, our like process. So, because how it goes is like, okay, you're supposed to be like the gen, this is like the realistic, this is mm-hmm. kind of how I look right. at the world when like, okay, you, you want to be as successful as possible mm-hmm. because a, it makes life so much easier, yeah. like access to money. Um, just, I mean, it helps all cause, uh, yeah. all cause mortality. It, it, uh, ensures like generations of your family line are better off and, and have access to healthcare and all the things that people need. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like be successful as possible. Right. Okay. How do you do that? Well, do it with something you love. Like, you know, there's like this underlying thing, but mm-hmm. when that doesn't work, do a miserable job that nobody else is willing to do and make as much money raping people out of their, their yeah. funds as you possibly can. That's how we have MLMs, mm-hmm. right? That, that's literally the existence of MLMs is like, mm-hmm. they exist. No, no bullshit. The idea of an MLM, what separates a, a, a like a legal multi-level marketing company from a Ponzi scheme, the only difference is that you're not upfront about what you're selling. So mm-hmm. an MLM has to hide their intent, right? right. So- the the a Ponzi scheme 
is is rigged to say we're selling the idea of success right right if everybody buys into this idea of success then all of us will be successful mm-hmm. right it's kind of like america <laughs> the mlm goes we're selling a valuable product and if you sell this valuable Stretch product pants. yeah you'll be very you'll be very successful mm-hmm. lucrative like you know work right. from home for a couple hours a week and like be able to make $10,000 a month doing next to nothing selling mm-hmm. lotion or oils or something right. like that the only difference between that is just the intent they're just dishonest about the intent mm. and they're forced to go that way because regulators and compliance forced people to like acknowledge that a ponzi scheme is not a good thing and the only way they control that is to control the quote-unquote intent that is going through mm-hmm. so again it comes down to what like what are you trying to do and so we get to this basic premise of language right and that I think we have not been taught how to be forthright with our intent when we talk to people. Well, I mean, legalese and the whole idea is of like the oh yeah the <laughs> fun of contract and being you know well you didn't say I couldn't um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, inter, inter, interpretation yeah. Um, and that like the loopholes like we we've turned in, in a way vocabulary becomes a battleground mm-hmm. and like we're always looking for the edge, like the the sneaky thing and out maneuvering someone in a contract feels like winning a fight. Like there is mm. like, there is that victory feeling of like, I got this. I, I like a, a successful hunt. Like you, mm. you found your opponent's weakness. I mean, it's, it's jujitsu, yeah. but verbally, but I think the issue is like so many times it's just like we, we're at, we're at bat, we're having battles that, that's not the right methodology for solving this problem. Yeah. Oh, for co- cohesive culture, you can't, it can't be a exploitative yeah. battle. Yeah. Well, and I mean like the idea versus co- like collectivism, like versus mm. like capitalism or even like being, Oh, like I'm out for mine. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming that someone else is out for theirs. So like may the best man win. Like yeah. we're, we're competing for resources. We're competing for, you know, oh, I'm going to outmaneuver you in this contract. I'm going to use smarter words than you, and I'm going to get what I need out of this. Yeah. And if you get me, then, you know, kudos to the better hunter, like, versus being like, hey, we're a family, and we need to do this together. Yeah, and, and there needs to be this recompense, I think might be mm-hmm. the word. Like, there's this there's this um, equanimity, I guess is okay. the right term, where, like, there. I I act in good faith because I want you to act in good faith, right. which is which is just really a kind of a complex nature of talking about intentions. Mm-hmm. And this is the win-win versus win win-lose versus lose-lose. Right. Uh, in any of these like kind of uh, infinite games that we play, mm-hmm. um, our culture is set up off of a win-lose. Like right. you only win if somebody else loses. Yeah, zero if you, sum. Yeah. If you, if you go to a casino. Right, I either win and the casino loses, or the casino wins and I lose. Right, and in life, in, in these like really important aspects of life, the the best strategy is win win. Which means, like like let's say me and you go into business, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna produce something. Uh, we work on it equally, and at some point, um, let's say something happens and the equal share of the work falls on me or mm-hmm. the, an, un, an unequal right. share of the work and I cover for you. Mm-hmm. But because I only get something if you get something, right. if we finish this thing, I do that, mm-hmm. right? 
So then we come to like sharing 50-50 and instead this is what would normally happen. Well, I think I deserve more. And then right. we'd have an argument about that and you know it, it would be whatever and maybe it would be fair to get more or less. Right. But the important part is that most people when they come to that decision they usually have a lot of resentment because they're not honest about their fair share of the work. Right. And instead, here's how like it might work. Like, well, if you don't want to give me more, then I'm not going to give you anything. And then it becomes a win-lose situation right. where I need more in order to actually win it all. So we hmm. start pressuring each other. When in reality, if you come to a, a bad business dealing, and let's say let's say it's like something minuscule. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Like somebody's out a thousand bucks or something. It, it's a thousand dollars. That that seems like a lot of money for, um, like maybe to be thrown away. Right. Right. That's not. You definitely don't want to lose a thousand dollars. That would mm. fucking suck. But a thousand dollars for a relationship is nothing right and most people don't make that wager because the importance that we've placed on profit mm -hmm. and winning and all of these things so the the correct strategy is to note that you don't want business dealings with that person right and you take a loss so that they feel like they won right right it, so I'm still winning because I won the long game, mm -hmm. which is I know how that person plays mm -hmm. and I just don't want to play a game with them. Right. But uh, I didn't lose respect. I didn't lose connections. I can mm -hmm. still like ask favors. I still use this person as a right. relationship. That's the correct strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> me saying that's funny because I love to burn shit to the <laughs> ground. But <laughs> so it sounds like kind of hypocritical, but I still think that that is the best strategy. If there is something to preserve, I'll lose money all day long mm -hmm. to preserve relationships mm -hmm. um, because I think... I've figured out later in life that being intentional about what you're trying to do is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. That that's the hardest thing to do, and it's it changes your language quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about a deal or I don't know anything, you really have to think about the meaning that is not just the meaning behind your words of what you're trying to accomplish by saying this word, whatever mm -hmm. that sentence is together. So many people are masking their real intentions. Everybody is so full of like false humility. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, apparently, like, man, all the people I talk to, nobody cares about money. They care about life experiences <laughs> and just loving their kids. You're like, it's fucking great. It's like a utopia. Mm -hmm. But it's not because, you know, you lose 500 bucks over a deal and you flip the fuck out. Right. Uh, I think the real, how I notice it is I go, like, if you're, if you're trying to talk to a little kid or mm -hmm. even a dog, um, and they're not understanding what you're saying, mm. and you, you're getting frustrated. You think you're just getting frustrated, but that might emanate as anger in your words. So you're not, you're still just trying to keep it together, but they can hear the frustration, which comes off as anger, and they will start to cower, mm -hmm. right? Like kids and dogs do this all the time. Mm -hmm. Lambert does it perfectly, right? right? I'll like, like be talking on the phone. He doesn't know that there's somebody on the other. He doesn't know I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah. He just hears my voice. I'm oh. talking to AT&T. Mm -hmm. He's like <laughs> rolled over shaking because he can hear my intent. I'm trying to harm this person. On right. the, I really do. Like they're so frustrating right. that I want to harm them any way I can. The mm -hmm. words that come out of my mouth aren't words. They're <laughs> like fists. Yeah. Right. I want that person to know that their $12 an hour job is bullshit. And I hope their entire family is deceased in the next generation. <laughs> that That's what I'm trying to get yeah, across. Yeah. Lambert can pick up on my intent. The mm. person on the other line is like, well, I'll get the manager. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, but I think if we noticed our intent, we would start to shift 
how we communicate with each other. If like, mm-hmm. if there was a way to regulate against intent, which I, I think, which is more like that comes down to the bottom line of like really hard court cases is mm-hmm. like, what was the person trying to do when the bad thing happened? Right. Um, were they trying to murder this person? Mm-hmm. If yes, that's a serious accusation because the intent is to do harm. And therefore you're talking about like lifetime sentences. But if the intent was self-defense, it changes. If the intent was, uh, if it was a total accident and they right. were oblivious and there was no plan there, it's manslaughter. It's like, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just accidental homicide or right. whatever you want to call it. It's like a lot of the, like, if we take that and put that back into our culture of like, what am I intending to do? What am I trying to accomplish? Right. I think we fix a lot of problems. Well, it, <laughs> the funny part is bringing up intent uh, when someone starts a, a soft conversation is super aggressive. Um, and it's hilarious. Oh, um, <laughs> I see what you're saying. The amount of times that I've got, I own a pickup truck. And so mm-hmm. the amount of times that I've gotten a text message that hey, says, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? How have you been? <laughs> it was like, what the, f- where is this going? Uh, and it, they're like, whoa. Like, How what, much stuff do you need to move? Why are you so mad at me? And it was just like, I'm not mad at you, but I, di- I don't like the dishonesty that's coming here. Yeah. Like the fact that you're coming about this, you're making me work harder to get to the, your question. And I get mm-hmm. it that someone doesn't want to show up. Like, I don't want to be the person who only calls you when I want something. Yeah, yeah. It's too late for that. <laughs> you, the reason why you're calling me right now is you want something and you feel guilty about it. So you're going to make me talk to you for a half hour before you ask me about why you called which me. Which is a bigger waste of my which time. Which is a bigger waste of my time than you're already asking me. <laughs> You've already wasted a half hour. And now you want another three. If you would have just called me like, hey, I'm a bad friend and I need your pickup truck. I would laugh and probably say you can have the keys. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm not helping you. Yeah. I'm um, not a mover. Yeah. But... Again, it, by by recognizing the intent and by recognizing like this situation, it's something that like I, I'm dealing with an intern right now, mm-hmm. and it's super interesting. And I talk way too much to her, um, but one of the <laughs> one of the things that's fascinating to me is just like we were discussing this the other day is like the financial incentive of training people and the awkwardness. Of, oh like, yeah, some of my closest friends I met because they paid me for my attention. Yeah. And so it's like I met them through training them at the gym. And now it's like they're incredibly dear to me. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we can't kind of get around the fact that they pay me to hang out with them. <laughs> and that's weird. That's um, real world. And it adds some weird stuff to it, too, because it's like if they were to stop showing up, like, I want to check on them. But also, I don't want to check on them in the sense of like, hey, you haven't paid me in this week. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Like, I don't. Like, and so there is some awkwardness that comes from it. Sure. Um, and the way I deal with it is I try and bring it up more mm-hmm. often to just like, to just normalize the fact that like, Hey, there is a financial part of this. Yeah. Um, and that is part of our friendship and it's, but it's also like, it's also its own thing. And so it's like, if you know, if there are a lot of these people, if they stop training with me, I, I would still want to hang out with them and I, yeah. it would get like, I would have to change my schedule around because almost everyone I hang out with pays me to hang out with me. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that really time. weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird actually. Um, but also like the, the, the big thing I was talking with my intern about was it's kind of like a modern day escort. Yeah. Um, but like the, like the, the long game basically. Yeah. And in having, in knowing that I want to do this for the long time, like the difference between a short term profit gain and a long-term gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yes, we, 
there's a lot of non-financial things that go along with it but it's just like you know someone who wants to instead of doing like a oh i'm going to get people in we're going to do a three-month transformation yeah and it's just like cool i can beat people up for three months um and then like be like okay you're on your own now and then get another crop of people and i can run the exact same program again yeah i could probably make more money faster for sure. By doing something like that. A hundred percent. Because that, that is the model these right. days. Yeah. Well, and then again, once I've gotten everybody that yeah. I can get, I can rebrand, you know, yeah. relaunch my whole business and then do it again. And you know, it's funny, like we, we don't, we fucking despise the transformation process mm-hmm. um, because honestly, those people become like, like really dear friends. Right. And I don't really have room for like people to like care about. Like I, like if that, if that makes sense, like I I want good relationships and those transformation progress, like those, those, how we do them are so intimate Mm. that, you know, those people aren't paying me anymore and I still talk to them and I still like, I still do the, like, I'm checking in on you to make sure you're okay. Not so I can get your money just to make sure like, is everything still going good that you learned from us, but also how's life kind of deal. Um, And they cost you a lot because a lot of the times when the transformations leave, you watch them fall apart and it's really hard to watch a friend fall apart. Right. And you're like, very few people are able to hold a transformation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for, for me is to recognize that most people are not going to hold on to these ideas and these concepts Mm -hmm. unless they come at it a certain way. Right. Or they're perpetually in an environment that supports it. Right. That's what we try to warn people of. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's like a monthly cost to coming here. You'll learn some stuff, but really it's like, you know, uh, a gut check, like you're mm. around people that are constantly asking questions and trying to eat better and right. trying to move better, trying to fix injuries. And that's really what you're paying for. It's mm. not like necessarily our expertise. You're paying for the environment. Right. Yeah. And like normalizing, uh, and encouraging that. And I mean, ideally the longer you spend in that environment, the, the longer you can be away from it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's super fascinating and just the the aspect of the intent of like the the recognition that like okay i'm making these decisions and they are for a lot of right reasons and it will get me more money in the end (laughs) and so like i feel like recognizing that is is an important thing is like an intention check yeah because it's just like okay like I can do these. I can do this a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an interesting uh, discussion that I was listening to. It was someone who had. Uh, it was about the benefits of bad habits and being honest uh, with yourself about like what are you getting out of this. Like, if you want to change and you're not changing, oh yeah, to recognize instead of being like oh like I, I just can't do it. It's like stop. Yeah. What are you getting out of this bad habit that you uh, say you want to change? And, you know, it's like, oh, like I eat too much food. And it's just like, yes, but we need to be honest about what you're getting out of this. Mm. Like, I like feeling full. I like, I like breaking a rule and like, oh, I had ice cream at the end of the night because yeah. like no one can tell me what to do. And like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, and if, like trying to be really honest about the, the benefits you're getting out of these supposedly things you're trying to change because once you can start recognizing what you're getting because that's your own intent yeah right yeah like i think most people are completely oblivious to uh the reasons why they do something whether it's an emotional Mm -hmm. uh, at least the the bad behavioral things but i think the theme runs through like 
entirely if you're if you're open again we do it with people that come in here like mm. somebody comes in here and they just don't quite get it right like they just like you know lackadaisical or they're just kind of flippant about what's going on and we like like it's not like we are super strict you know stringent right a military drill sergeant kind of deal mm. um, who punish people when they come in here but we're we're fairly serious about while you're here right you add you you make us want to work harder yeah like that's my intent is to bring people in to do work that i want to do myself too because it helps me do it Mm -hmm. and when people can't do that we're like why are you here like right you know other than it's cool to be in a place that is like hard to get into yeah but really why are you here and i think a lot of people um if they if they haven't been here for long or they're in and out or they come mm. in and then, you know, they kind of dissipate. They, they have never answered that question. Yeah. Well, back to language, what was interesting, it was coming up earlier of just like, why did you choose those words? Mm. And that's another one that like, I think writing is really useful mm-hmm. for trying to like getting used to asking yourself that question. But the amount of people who like, we were laughing earlier about the idea of microaggressions mm-hmm. and like, what is microaggression? And just like, the aspect of like someone telling you like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be over here versus someone being like, Hey, is it cool if I'm over here? Oh, interesting. And like, what, what tone, like, what is your intent here? Yeah. And like, as, as like the owner of my gym, it's just like, I try and be really uh, aware of how power gets applied. Cause oh, it's yeah. just like, I park the, I generally try and park the furthest away. Like I don't even park in my own parking lot most of the time. I park on the street because <laughs> the parking lot is for the clients. Yeah. Interesting. Like, like when something happens with the other coaches it's like, Hey, is it cool if I'm over in this corner? And like a lot of times they'd be like, dude, you own the building. And I'm just like, well, yes, but yeah, like but my intent is to make sure it's okay. Yeah. I don't want your behavior around me to be because I own the building. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. like we're, I want to be a family, not like this is what you I'm have not to an authoritarian no yeah. and and like even like I have like I'm meticulous sometimes mm-hmm. about like the way things should be and I'm freaking out about Shocker. it in my head <laughs> but I also don't want to be like fix it it's just like hey this is there's a better way to do this yeah you're a better manager than me <laughs> well and it's it's again I'm very aware of power dynamics yeah. because I also have a hard response when someone like has a micro gritch when someone's yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to do this. It's just like, it's like, that's not how, like, yeah, this is how any of this works. Yeah. And also it's just like, and then that step back of being like, I'm having an outsized reaction to this person. Like, I don't think their intent yeah. was to have a pissing contest. Yeah. It is kind of funny though. Like if we have like a good, like good class, if we have a class structure right. and I want to do some stuff while that class is going on, Man, the class takes priority. And yeah. I, I will ask, hey, are you using this? Hey, can I use this? Yeah. And I'll usually go to a place that is absolutely out of the way. Right. Generally outside completely. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we own the building. Right. But also, um, when people are doing something that's important, like, it takes priority. 100%. Yeah. Well, and again, that, that interesting recognition of, like, are you aware of the power dynamics in your speech? Mm. And are you doing your part to... Uh, are you acting with with intent of like I'm using these words to try and create an environment where certain things are allowed? So I have this line of provocation 
in my human design. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and this is like, and it, we talked about it yesterday. We're doing mm. like an intensive course on human yeah. design. We keep bringing it up because it's fucking fascinating. But <laughs> but really, it makes a lot make sense because um, now it gets a little bit wooey, yeah. which is fine because I don't give a shit. But I, apparently, like, I have this, um, this connection, and this is like a literal connection from my uh, root to my solar plexus. Right. And this is like an energetic pathway. Mm -hmm. It's called the 3954, I think. It's the line of provocation. When that's connected, it means when you talk to people, you affect them deeply. Mm -hmm. Like what they call auric expression. Mm -hmm. Which uh, I think a lot of people, they they misinterpret it a couple different ways. And I've noticed my entire life how people have misinterpreted me talking to them. Right. In in a lot of different spots. And uh, one of the ones is like, if I talk to a female, mm. there's an intimacy that gets misinterpreted. Right. Um, and other people will pick up on that as like, oh, that's like a weird connection that they're having. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I'm provoking something in somebody. Right. And you can do the same thing, um, the opposite direction, where if I talk to somebody and I just mentioned something, Hey, I think, you know, maybe you should do this. It will like send somebody off. They'll like, they'll question their self-worth. They'll mm-hmm. like, you, it like, it really breaks them down. Like I have to be really careful with how I like mention anything to Aaron. Right. You know, not because she's sensitive, but because of how I, how I come about it. Right. Comes off sometimes the wrong way. Mm-hmm. People take me very seriously when I say something, right. which is, I think a good trait, but it can be if I'm just like joking around and I'm yeah. not thinking about what I'm saying. Yeah, you can totally crush somebody, mm-hmm. and that's not what I ever. I'm not trying to do that. I, I mean, <laughs> unless it's AT and T. That's that's the one exception to that rule is mm-hmm. the AT and T rule. But uh, that I think, I think everybody has the potential to think, even if you don't have this like specific capability or this specific problem. Right. Everybody has the um, you have the wherewithal to pay better attention to the words that come out of your mouth, but not just the words, but what you actually mean by them. So, I mean, we, we were talking about this this morning too. It was uh, something I listened to a while ago and it was about texting mm. and text speak and about the difference between millennials and like older generation and the idea of using proper grammar and like that was uh, a sign of respect. This is yeah. how we do things. This is, I'm showing you respect by obeying these grammatical rules to show that I'm serious about this conversation. Yeah. And the counter was like not, you know, putting like using um, punctuation as stage cues. So like a period is a downward inflection of the tone. So, yeah. Period. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Flat? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exclamation point. Yeah. That... They were just tone. Yeah, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so like uh, the the point was that the in in discussing with younger folks why they texted, why they why did you not put a period there? Mm-hmm. It was always, well, this is how I want the person reading it to read it. To exactly. feel. Yeah, yeah. Um and it was a really deep understanding of subtle ways that you can change your the it's not just the intent, it's what you were kind of mentioning, I think, of like it's not just your intent. It's is your intent being picked up appropriately? Yeah. And if not, it's oftentimes it's like it's on. If the goal is to communicate, then I need to change how I'm communicating because I'm not doing it well. And it doesn't mean that I'm like, well, no, I'm using proper grammar. So I'm communicating well. It's like 
the person reading it thinks you're fucking furious at them. Yeah. <laughs> because you're like, cause the, like just that Pat Oswald, like, it is like this, like this, yeah, like you're, it you're, yeah, you're using it so enunciate. They're like, I, they think that you are dressing them down. And the question is, is like, is this, is this good communication? You're, you're adhering to a rule set that you learned that what you were told was good, clear communication. Yeah. But the person that you're talking to does not have that same rule set. And what you're doing is not moving towards where you want to go. Yeah, and, and the text, uh, through text is such an interesting mm -hmm. uh, dynamic. Uh, I wonder how many different ways you could reply in the affirmative. Right. right? And, and get how many different emotions you could get at, or how right. many different responses. Because you, you can start like, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> like you start Ooh, getting yup is a rough yep. one sometimes yeah. oh dude it for yep sure is. with a period really stop bad stop texting me yeah exactly <laughs> like and that's like that's where a lot of this or yeah whether you apply or not sometimes it's just a, it's a fascinating look maybe it's a better medium i i you know subconsciously think or or kind of like don't really realize that i think of it as a the worst medium right Right, but it's really not mm -hmm. um, because you can soften things that you can't soften with your voice. Yeah, that you haven't practiced softening with your voice. Correct. And so you can like use emojis and LOLs and mm. JKs and stuff like that that really like you know pull the formality out of it. But right. if you this happened the other day, this is so funny. Uh, I I think Aaron said said this the other day, but I called Kate to mm. ask her a question. Oh, and. <laughs> I never call Kate. Right. Right. Like when we talk, it's in the gym or she'll text me and yeah. it's not a big deal. And it's usually like, that's just how a relationship is. Mm -hmm. I, and that's how I am with mo most people do not talk to me. They talk to Aaron. Yeah. Right. And I didn't notice that. And it's because of that, that provocation. Right. Right. So people like close friends get a hold of me directly, but most people, my family included, my entire family mm -hmm. talks to Aaron instead of me. Because she's the easy one to, right. I guess, you know, you could say I'm a bad communicator, but it's like, I have this serious nature about me that mm -hmm. people don't want to interrupt or what, or right. maybe I've given them that impression, mm -hmm. which is my fault. But I don't think about it. So I call Kate, oh, I've got a question for Kate and it's real quick. Mm -hmm. She doesn't answer. And I think about it. I was like, she's probably terrified. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm uh -huh. like, so it turns out she was teaching in church mm -hmm. <laughs> and she saw the phone ring and she saw it was me and it threw her off so much. She goes, guys, we're going to take a five minute break. And she had to like level herself out, <laughs> finish teaching the class, come back. And then I called her again later. And even Aaron, when I was calling her, I was like, watch, wow, she's probably freaked out. <laughs> she answers. She goes, hello. And I go, how terrified are you right now? <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> but and she's like, I got to tell you, I was really freaked out. She's like, no, no, it's fine. You're like, right. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how most, most people are. But there, there's this like, there is this like thing that doesn't work in language very well. And text really can bridge the gap, but it can also go the other way because we're used to just like you're around friends and somebody messaged me and I text them real quick and I put it down because yeah. I want to pay attention to you because yeah, yeah. that's the more important thing. Right. But the response, I, I lost my intent. I was just yeah. literally being literal yeah. with my response. And we can't have just literal responses to an emotional being. Right. Right. It, it's, it sounds like you should be able to because it follows logic, but emotional beings are not logical. Right. So you kind of have to, 
I don't know, you really have this funky way uh, of having to like deal with this problem. And I think that's when, when I'm looking at, you know, how pervasive this problem is, it's like, okay, you keep coming back to the question, what am I trying to do? What mm-hmm. am I trying to get out of it? Right. What do I want people's responses to be? Mm-hmm. And those, I think between those three questions, right. I think you would feel, you'd be fairly safe in anything that you do. Right. And the interesting thing, so to bring it into like, where I think, uh, man, it's a long-winded intro. <laughs> um, when we're having, like we're, for the past, I don't know, year or so, we've right. been writing the capacity manual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing is, is is like all of these things come up. Like right. that that's, that is generally writing in general, but for a subject that hasn't been written like how we want to write it, mm-hmm. man, like what am I trying to say? How do I want people to take it? Right. And, and that, that it changes everything. Right. And it becomes a real problem actually. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I think like, I think capacity training is very, fairly dangerous. Right. Right. I think it's, um, I think people treat it haphazardly. Mm-hmm. I think they use it way too much or not enough. Right. Like I think, I, I think it's misused period, yeah. like up and down to the sides. I think, um, it's really hard to understand. And my purpose to writing this and why it's taken so long is I want to correct a lot of those problems. Right. In doing so, I've created a lot more problems. Right. And that that is where it gets interesting because, you know, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. And so although I think I'm doing a service, when I go back and read it or I have somebody else read it, they right. go, whoa, what did you mean by that? And you're yeah. like, well, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Have you found it like this subject specifically that this is fucking hard to talk about it's oh yeah like when well because again the easiest way to talk about it is to work out with someone and then talk to them about the experience (laughs) and so now you have you just created a shared experience that now there's an environment there's common language there's understanding Mm -hmm. and then and if there's anything that isn't clear it's really easy to to fix um there is a comfort that i have with talking to someone um because i'm i'm a chef by nature in the sense that i i add in like you can tinker yeah so like when you're cooking a meal you taste it and you adjust it and you taste it and you adjust it and you play with it Mm. it's it's uh it's a dance there's a give and take uh a baker is fucking meticulous and so it's science it's you do everything right and then you send it out into the oven and then it comes back out correct or incorrect yeah uh it's never I've never tried it much. I've never been interested in it. It's just I've like I've used the oven. Yeah. But not it's, successfully. It's, it's not it's it's just not how I like to deal with a problem. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the very hard things in trying to write all this is there is no communication without an audience. Yeah. And so the first step for me is always like, who's my audience? And where is my audience on like how can I communicate with them? Yeah. And the hard part about writing something, especially with another person mm-hmm. and stretch over such a long time period <laughs> is every time I sat down at the computer, uh, there was the audience that I was writing to was probably a little different than the last Each time than the last paragraph or the last section that was written. Yeah. And I'm not, I never connected that until this moment, but yeah. like, you know, having issues with, carrying a constant narrative is like, oh, because I had uh, a month and a half of experience since the last yeah. piece that I wrote, the 
person that I'm thinking of talking to right now has changed. Has changed. And so now all of a sudden there's these different things. And so then you go back to something from three months ago and you're like, what was I? Yeah. Well, how the fuck did well, this come and out? And again, it's <laughs> your, your brain is saying, what was I saying mm-hmm. when you should be saying, who was I talking to? Yeah. And that, that person, even if it was just, you know, the generic client from where my brain was three months ago mm-hmm. is different than the generic client of where my brain is It's today. become a hyper-specific, annoying, <laughs> like, oh, I'm talking down to this person now because well, they've pissed me off oh, yeah. or whatever. Or I've had a bad week and maybe like my my writing tone at this moment is like, I'm annoyed with this. I mean, that was like the intro. Like you can, I can, I reread the original intro. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, man, I was on one. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it was, what I was against or what it was, but it was like, I really liked the piece. And then when I reread it, I was like, man, that does not fit anything else because right. I, I was just inspired by something that ticked me off. And right. I was like, oh, this should go in as this. Right. And it was just like, I don't think that was useful. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I think it stepped. I think it honestly just the intro itself. Mm-hmm. I think that put me back like a month because I've rewritten it fifteen times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fifteen different drafts of it completely, right. and uh, maybe I've taken sections of it. And I'm to the point where I'm like, man, I should just get rid of it completely, right? Because it's a I can't. When Mark asked, he goes, "What what is the purpose of it?" And I go, mm-hmm. "I want everybody to know that I think." That capacity is for everyone. And he's like, cool. So it's a one sentence intro. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yes. But also, like he said before about simplicity and losing lessons and being too simple. Like you get to the point where you're too simple and it's not worth anything. Right. Um, there is some filigree that is required. And mm-hmm. I will argue like a lot of people love the very tight. Stru- Mark is really good at this. Yeah. Structured and tight, no excess writing. Mm. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that person. I, I like a little bit of fill. It's like how I like my training, mm-hmm. right? Like I like to train a lot of retraining. Uh, I like to explore some stuff that I know I'm good at. I like to move through movements. I like mm-hmm. familiarity, and then I'll get into the good stuff and punctuate right. it. And then I'll come back and I'll play around. I'm, that, that's how my writing. Uh-huh. I try to develop that on purpose to right. like take people through the things, punch them in the gut, bring them right. back, do this kind of thing. And so I need a little bit more filigree. And when he said that, I was like, Yeah, but I did miss the intention. That did happen. Right. Right. Like the sentence is in there. Like capacity training is for everyone Mm -hmm. um here's and then there's like a declaration of you know also buts yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and so i when i got set back with that i was like man i have to really i went through each chapter and i was like man this really just i nailed it on this one i really like this chapter on its own yeah and that's my other problem right like man it's okay it's really good as a piece right but because it was written as a bunch of pieces, it now comes off as a bunch of pieces. Right. And this is the melding process of like, how do, how do we find glue that binds this whole concept together? So I thought, honestly, talking out some of the mistakes right. that were going on, I think it would be, A, maybe it's a good releasable. <laughs> uh, it might not be. I don't right. really care about that. Uh, what I thought is like, man, if I just spell out what I think is going wrong with it and yeah. how I think I would fix it. But I, I honestly think the intention of it, my my pure intention of it, 
is not shocking with our business model. Right. Not to make money off of it. Right. That will be, hopefully, we will make enough money to pay for the year and a half that I've spent thinking about this stupid yeah. thing. Oh. Um, I doubt it because mm-hmm. I don't know how many hours you've spent, but I've spent way too many <laughs> and I have way too little to show for right, it. Right, right. Um, but the real intention there is to like, I want people to know what I know about capacity. Right. About what I use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, the definition, how to build it, how to cultivate it, all of that stuff in a very simple way without having to do all the mistakes that I did. That's right. literally what I want to pull off with this. Right. I don't and think it's possible. <laughs> second question. Yeah. Why do you want that? Um, well, because A, I think it's useful. Right. Like as a quality, developing ca- capacity as a physical quality and alternatively as a psychological and spiritual mm-hmm. quality. Um, and this is what we talked about. Like, man, there's always like a big punch about, you know, strength was about holding. Endurance was about love at, right. the, at the center. And honestly... I've had a hard time zeroing in on capacity because it's so general. Right. Um, but I really do think it's about attention. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you learn how to build physical capacity and how to utilize intensity to make your physiology better, I think there's a high correlation to attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, you can focus deeper and longer on things that are not related to it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um and that is really hard to f- flesh out of the work because mm-hmm. most people want to get fit for a reason, like right. a very specific thing. And that in itself doesn't ruin it, but it distracts from it. It's mm-hmm. like the $5, right? It's right. like, it's a, there's, there's, there's a bigger investment here that is not talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you do capacity training? Oh man, I just want to win a CrossFit games, whatever. Or I want to like win the bike race or I want to, you know, I want to just be fitter than my friends, or I just want to look a certain way, or I just, all of these things are just very low hanging fruit right. that is actually like kind of spoiled fruit. It's not mm-hmm. worth very much, but the process of doing all that stuff, what you notice, what I noticed is that I can pay attention and focus on things for a very long time, right. i.e. I've used capacity training to write the capacity manual <laughs> uh-huh. legitimately. So you're talking about, I let's call it a year and a half. I've yeah. been working on it. And I work on it at least two to three days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, some weeks I've missed, but sometimes four or five days a week right. for at least three to four hours at a time. Right. If you start adding up, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours where mm-hmm. I've stared and written and deleted the same words over yeah. and over again. And I've driven up, I've edited pictures for, I've done layouts for. All, my focused attention, the only reason I've been able to focus on it so long, I think is because I've trained myself with the exact thing that I'm writing about. Mm-hmm. It's a very meta right look at it but i i think i knowingly did that mm-hmm. um to the point where like i'm even i'm kind of scared now because i want to take like a couple weeks off of intensity training right rebuild the base do some like basic strength stuff and i'm kind of afraid to because I'll, i i don't want to lose my uh touch when i'm writing or finish writing it because right, right. it's almost done but it's like man, if I don't follow this thing through mm-hmm. and I'm like, I back off and I go into another area, right. I'm not going to be able to pull tidbits out of my training, which right. inform this manual quite mm-hmm. a bit. Does that make sense? No, it definitely does. Um, I was specifically asking though, why, why you? Like, why do you... So, this like capacity is important, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like writing the manual like why do you want the, to write the manual like if it's not to get make money off of it like why why even share it um it if it feels like um it feels like discovery okay like I feel like we know things about this channel that other people don't know. Mm -hmm. Even people that are better at the actual channel, I don't think they, I don't think they realize the actual value that's there right. in doing it. Right? Like you have somebody, like a perfect example, you get grab some kid from like a CrossFit class, right? right? And he's like just a fucking lung burner, and yeah, he yeah. can th burn down the house. Mm -hmm. um, he might be able to do it, but he won't know why he's able to do it. Right. And I think that discovery, because we know why people can do certain things and mm -hmm. why they can't, and we know kind of what they're good for. Um, the, I guess the perfect example is like, yeah, it, it feels like, I think it feels like a discovery that people deserve to know about. Mm -hmm. And, um, and once they do like, they become better people. Like right. I, I, I argued, I wrote up this big formula and I think you've seen it. Mm -hmm. And the, the <laughs> is it's a little bit ridiculous, but it basically takes what I think are like fitness features. Right. So, um, man, maybe I have it written down somewhere. I can't remember where I, where I put it. There's probably a, anyway, you take like, like what is training and it has a lot to do intention is in there yeah. like intention awareness mm -hmm. um output like recovery all of these things are like technically training right um and they become divisible by exposure between these other different qualities mm -hmm. which is kind of a blend of energy systems and uh physical traits like balance agility right you know strength is the energy system so you and that's divided by some other things and then when you run out this big formula and maybe i'll release it because it, it, it's a work in progress but right. really what it made me realize is that at the end of it you're really building trust in a system right right your awareness um towards what you're doing with your physical expression right so i'm working hard at x doesn't really uh -huh. matter it could be an air bike it could be writing this something mm -hmm. um that that output requires especially with the kind of intensity that we're talking about requires a kind of focus and attention and in order to do that it starts to be um i guess it's it's amplified by your honesty right and that honesty serves as kind of a character builder like mm -hmm. how much you know about yourself uh and, and that's that's really like maybe th this is like <laughs> maybe to put it a better way this is kind of on the fly but this is applicable philosophy yes right like th this is <laughs> this is um this is the shit that you're not just reading about some german talking yeah. about you're actually able to read about it and go do and feel and therefore you go oh holy shit my brain does do that mm -hmm. when i go into the spot and therefore how do i like how do I juggle these these things? And it starts to remove all of the um, all of the false dichotomies you have about yourself. Yeah, you start to remove those, and you become your true self and effort. Like that's what I think. You you well, you give a good effort, you become yourself. I mean, uh, <laughs> it was it was on the first T shirt we made. It was uh the 
scrawled in the Jim Jones journal from like the first time I trained with Mark mm-hmm. was philosophy with consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the, the kind of what you're saying right now of just like the gym was a really, f- what the way he put it to like was essentially the gym became a really easy way to like, um, play out psychological things. Mm-hmm. And it's something that like everyone who I train with, like, that is a where we laugh about it to the point because it becomes a constant background discussion of like what are we training here and like we're putting ourselves in physical positions and again like your your brain exists in your body um and your brains from certain neuroscientists that i was like mm-hmm. learning about and reading a your brain's main function is pattern recognition mm-hmm. and um through that um not anticipation but uh basically preparation it's it's the goal is to figure out what's about to happen and put you in the best position to take advantage of the future so to recognize what's happening to you now yeah and then to adjust your chemical uh, your biological uh functions mm-hmm to best exploit what's coming next weird one Uh uh-huh because i agree with that and this is kind of where um it's really hard to admit but because we talk about it in in the capacity manual um this thing that happens in your mind right and i think becoming really good at this stuff is starting to remove the illusion that your mind has anything to do with what your body is doing Mm -hmm. now it can influence it because it can convince you to cease right um but it can't exactly convince you to keep going Mm -hmm. it's like only one way door right right is how i i kind of view it you're like your mind can't drag you through the thing right it can only get you to back off right and so you're fighting this thing where you're like uh, this is why capacity training is so important to do correctly Mm it's like you're looking at increasing these pressures these stresses and stimuli in order for your body to get used to them because your body really likes acute exposure to hardship. Right. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between, you're getting your brain to shut the fuck up. Right. But not really. You're not t- You're not demanding. You're, you're just listening to it and understanding that most of what it's saying is bullshit. Yeah, well, so again, back to the, the pattern recognition. If you choose, if uh, you misapply capacity training... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tough. I'm never going to quit. And you put yourself through something that you like physically cannot do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you quit or fail. Your brain got the same message. Like this is not possible. Full stop. Yeah. Um, you know, no amount of positive thinking is going to get me to deadlift <laughs> 900 pounds. Right. Like it, it, it's not. You can do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm not going to David Goggins my way through it. And like, again, the idea is is like you have to be physically capable before your mind can drag you through it like yeah well like, in fact i would say the opposite like if you try to drill sergeant your way through it uh you'll end up not listening to the very real voice that is you're going to hurt yourself right well and then you do hurt yourself yeah and then the pattern you just created in your brain is I get like this and then i hurt myself and, I hurt myself. and so then your brain is going to start being like well that's stupid we're going to fight harder to stop them earlier. Mm-hmm. And it continues down that pathway until you give up. 
you're like, okay, I'm just going to hurt. I'm going to have my temper tantrum faster. Yeah. Because I know they're going to ignore it for X amount of time. Mm. So I'm just going to turn the pain signals on, the panic, the fear, the frustration <laughs> earlier because I apparently I have to do this for 15 minutes before they quit. So let's just start now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, you're creating a pattern and your brain is trying to like get you through this. And mm. so like good capacity training like it's the recognition of like okay what what's my how's my brain dealing with this what kind of dosage can i take to walk away with the feeling of like i can do better next time mm-hmm. like i can do more now you you had an experience that then reinforces itself to be like oh yes that let's do it again and it's like even with even if it does hurt there is a sense of accomplishment a sense of victory back to the intent mm-hmm. the intent was to hurt a little or, you know, comparatively, to yeah. hurt at a level that made me feel proud of not quitting. And that pride feeling was stronger than um, the pain that I felt. Yeah. And therefore, I want to do it again because that's a good deal. Like, this this high cost me X amount of energy. Yeah. I want to get high. Like, I'll do it again. And, and that is that is the, yeah, the, I mean, when we talk about being a drug or mm-hmm. it's poison or it's medicine, like, I think it's all of those yeah. things. Like, uh, movement is for sure medicine, but it's also so caustic and poisonous yeah. at a certain dosage. And in, in that, I think most of us learn this, hence the name, the original name for like our theory on kind of all fitness stuff was right. poison. And then right. it became Mark's book because it's basically what he was talking about yeah. when all those essays came out. And that was another interest of mine is we've been working on the poison book. And so I think as a physical corollary, mm-hmm. I couldn't not release this part. Right. Um, what do you think? Like, why, why would you agree to write it? <laughs> because one of them is essentially like, I, I do agree that, there's a lot that I think we have learned. Mm-hmm. And part of it is um, I want a pat on the head like, <laughs> from yeah. you and Mark and yeah. maybe like two other people that yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I did the thing. <laughs> I did the thing. I, I know things. Like I learned. Um, <laughs> and then ultimately, like this is, <laughs> mm, I think that this is true. This mm-hmm. sounds like I want it to be true. Mm-hmm. Um back to your comment about like, oh, I want other people to understand this Mm -hmm. so that all the energy that we spent figuring this out, Mm -hmm. if we can remove some of those roadblocks in someone else's um, journey, then maybe they can get further down the road than we did. And they would do better with it. And then they could teach us shit. Yeah. Because they're just like, I'm tired from learning all this. And so if I can teach it to you, like then maybe you can go further so you can give me the stuff that exists further than I can go right now because I'm so fucking tired from doing this. I mean, how many, how many fucking workouts do you think it took for us to know this stuff? And I'll be, I'll be super honest that a lot I did, I would have a session and I would have to like stop and write notes down because I just changed my mind on what we were trying to explain to people Yeah, because a session revealed an aspect that I had never thought about before. Yeah. And we're like thousands, there's thousands and thousands of sessions. And mm-hmm. the sad part is like, I wish I was paying attention sooner Yeah, so that I could pay better attention. But right. 
this is also the joke is like I think all of that mindless dumb training that hurt me kind of deal also fostered an ability to start paying attention yeah and there you're like oh I'm stuck shit I doubt there's a way to know what we know without going through that so the the idea is is that like consciously capable unconsciously like incapable like all those different levels is so at first it's taking all the energy to fight the the oh my god i want to quit and so you're like shut up we got to get through this and so you spend enough energy developing a relationship with that voice Mm -hmm. getting used to winning that argument to understanding it to where that voice gets quiet enough where your brain can be like oh we're we're just not going to quit it's fine Mm -hmm. and then it's like huh what else is going on now that I don't have to shout down like this, this feeling. Yeah. I can actually just start like experiencing the work in a way that's like profound because it's not screaming in my head the whole time. There's time I've done some terrible workouts where I was giggling. Yeah. Cause like I wasn't going to quit and I knew because of the structures, I was like, I'm not also going to die. It's just going to be, terrible a new like it's going to be an interesting level of miserable but it's a safe miserable Mm -hmm. and so it's just like oh and then it's like oh i'm going to be disappointed with my output and then it's like oh i'm going to have to do this again and then it's like oh my god i'm going to do this again (laughs) and then it was like and then it turns into like again you're doing a terrible job like you're doing like terrible work and at the same time thinking of like next time i do this like, would I do it for an hour instead of a half hour? What would that be like? Yeah, yeah. The, like, <laughs> the curiosity kicks and, in. And the utter ridiculousness of being like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm weird and pukey and my pores hurt from sweating this hard. <laughs> but like, my brain is like, what if I did this for twice as long? Like, how would I change my pacing? How would I change the yeah. loading? Would the time, st- would the weight structure change? And it's just like, while I'm having those thoughts, I'm continuing doing the reps. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, it almost becomes another form of dissociation. Yeah. Of like, oh, what what is this feeling connected to? Um, and it's this really funny experience. But again, without, like you were saying, without, if, if all you can have is that quit, don't quit discussion, mm-hmm. you don't get to be curious. Like, yeah. you don't get to 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 benefit from this and so it's like okay how can we essentially talk to someone so that they can shortcut getting to where this is yeah it's almost like without any development the only question you can come up with when you're like at your limit Mm -hmm. is when can i stop right right and the answer is always like as soon as possible yeah well one of the the funny things with even seeing the space program and like sometimes Mm -hmm. people like post their their weights and numbers Mm -hmm. And there's some times where you're, the question is like, what? I don't think you did it though. Yeah. Well, and like recognizing in myself too, like again, back to when we have rewards mm-hmm. of like, oh, heavier means I'm stronger. Mm-hmm. I definitely did some shit for this, like on the space program where I picked a weight that I should not have yeah. because I knew I was going to put the number on the internet and it, it bumped me into like into a heavier weight than I should have. Yeah. Usually... It didn't end up with injury, but afterwards there were times I was like, I think that was, that was an ego lift. It was a bit much. Yeah. That, like, that is kind of funny. I mean, because it'll always be in the back of your head. Right? Yeah. Especially, like, and for people, uh, like, I guess it's worth explaining, like, the, 
the the programs like the manuals are like a foundational structure for fitness Mm -hmm. right you could use them generically you could use them specifically you could apply them to other sports you could they'd really just teach you about physiological changes and how we attach like kind of mental states to that the space program is kind of like the street art that comes out of it nice right? i'm not gonna call i was it gonna a, say free form application but i like street art yeah it's like stri- you know it's like sometimes you're like what the fuck is that right? <laughs> but sometimes you're like holy fuck like that was beautiful like yeah. how the fuck did that person do that and that that really <laughs> describes the space program perfectly <laughs> it's the street art of fitness yeah and graffiti fitness yeah it is it's like you know because every once in a while you're like that just looks like gibberish yeah right like man i can't even read what that word is or mm. that just looks like gang signs or yeah. like whatever but every once in a while you're like that person knows what they're doing that is a profound like that's a, a profound combination mm. of things that really came together in a nice way i would say the thing that we did today was like a combination of ideas it's taken me maybe three months of thinking about different concepts just to come up with today's thing. Right. Right. Movements um, that we've been playing with were, I, you know, we mix and match and they just haven't been put together in a really nice way. Right. And for whatever reason today, when I was like, well, we have this much time, this many people here, it's really hard to juggle with. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of what I was thinking, but no new people showed up. So I got to kind of change the right. format. Um, I'll just do this. And I was like, well, we can split it and, you know, two people to a group so we can handle different implements. We can do kind of crazy stuff. And you got this really cool five minute AMRAPs that I didn't, I wasn't going to train this morning, but when I looked at it, I was like, fuck, that looks fun. Uh huh. Like the, again, the, like I didn't want to train. I wanted to go do jujitsu, but I looked at it and I was like, I was really curious about what it felt like, which right. means what I came up with worked because it made me inherently want to know what it felt like. Right. And that first five minute plank Fuck. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Help. I changed Help my mind. Me. Help me, Jesus. Um, and that, like, that's what I think we're on to. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I go, like, man, like, I, it's super weird. I don't, I don't know how to describe what we're doing, but I think the capacity manual, along with the space program and some of the other stuff that we've done, is really, like, culminating in a way where, like, I want to do it justice, and I want the capacity manual to be just like that workout. I right. want somebody to read it and go, holy shit, I never thought about that. And I also want Mark to think I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's nice too. But yeah. if Mark thinks I'm cool, nobody could nobody. buy it, and I would be totally fine. If Mark was like, yeah. nice work. I'd be like, no shit. Because instead right now, he's like, there's a lot going on in it. And you're it, like, His critique so far was like, Look, you guys went really deep. And he's like, and I think we have a good audience, but you guys went really deep. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you don't like it? <laughs> Just tell me you love me. <laughs> it's um yeah, I think that 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 that's kind of what I'm I'm going for. I want that crescendo like that that magical moment that happens when somebody gets an aha moment and that's why i don't know we've rewritten and torn it apart 30 times and we keep keep doing and it's still not quite there but i think i do i think i have the i have the crystal yeah like i have the bit of information Mm -hmm. that i think is super important and like spoiler alert it's attention like it's awareness (laughs) that is the thing right that's what we're talking about but how we place it in there and how 
how we might show that that's the thing that that is going to be the, the this thing. is this is again back to to writing and the way that i i see a lot of it is like i need someone to to read this sentence in a certain state mm-hmm. and so like like i don't have the artistry to make it in one sentence mm-hmm. so there is this path where i'm like i need to walk you mm-hmm through these little experiences so I can get you to a place so when I say this next thing you hear it in the way that I intend it. I want the words to bleed off the page and wrap around you like an alien but I can't read (laughs) but no and like so there's been multiple moments at the gym where through doing usually a capacity based training and then frankly I remember Mark talking about it once of like I want to have the discussion after we train yeah. But you're not in a place where we can have that discussion yet. Yeah. And so we're going to do something kind of awful. <laughs> and then you'll be in a place where we can have a very meaningful discussion because you're both like you just had an experience and you're also going to be kind of chemically altered yeah. from that experience. And now we can skip past a lot of weird bullshit. It's an open channel. Yeah. And have yeah. a much more important conversation. There's this thing that I need you to see. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to see it right now because you're paying attention to everyone else who's standing in the gym and what are those weights looks like and what's gonna what am i gonna have for lunch and all these other things it's like okay i need to quiet these things down yeah and i need to turn these ones up yeah you need to cut the external focus and right and bring it back to an internal focus well, and i've seen the look on people's face during those discussions mm-hmm. those aha moments um and i've seen the the change in people from like when they came in having you know, repeated bouts of those experiences mm-hmm. and then like where they are after. Mm-hmm. And like it, it brings, it makes me feel valid for like my existence on the planet of like, Oh, I think that I actually think that I've helped people. Yeah. Um, and I think that the capacity manual and like all of this has the, if we can do a good enough job that, we can potentially like that someone can have some of those moments. That's not someone that I have to sit with and talk to and like people that I can't reach. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to be in a totally selfish, it's like, I would like to live in a world with more people with greater intention, um, greater attention and greater awareness of all those things. And so it's just like, if, if in, if in any small way, like, that's something we can facilitate like uh, i'm planting seeds like <laughs> might not see them grow i feel better planting them yeah touche i think that's yeah. the start the start <laughs> <laughs> where we came from is pretty hilarious have fun editing this one thanks Berkey. <laughs> thanks for coming on